Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. Lifehouse is a church that exists to invite all people to live an uncommon life by following Jesus, doing life together, getting in the game, and leaving a legacy. We hope that today's message helps you grow as a follower of Jesus, gives you perspective to see yourself and others differently, and inspires you to make a difference in the world around you. Now, let's get to this week's message. All right. Well, I'm preaching a message today called How to Handle a Thorn. How to Handle a Thorn. Turn to somebody and say, what's your thorn? Now, the thing in that, you might be asking the very person that is your thorn. <laughs> All right? <laughs> Some of y'all are like, uh, you're funny, Pastor John, but that's, that's true. Uh, and, and really, like, a thorn is simply this. A, a, a thorn is a source of continual annoyance, trouble, or weakness. A source of continual Everyone say continual. Continual. Annoyance, trouble, or weakness. It could say it almost torments you, right? And, re- and really, I think if we're completely honest, um, all of us have a thorn. And let me just say this. If you can't think of what your thorn is, maybe your thorn's on its way, right? And that's why today's message is so vital because some of you are like, I'm good, I'm great, I ain't got no thorns. Well, you know, you are one text message away from having a thorn. You are one diagnosis, you are one doctor's appointment away from having a thorn. You are one relational conflict away from having a thorn. So today's message isn't just for those that have thorns. Today's message is for all of us because I guarantee at some point you're going to have one. Or you're going to have somebody that's walking through one. So my heart today is that you just don't say, well, you know, this is for my wife. You know? No, but, but you would say, no, there are tools today that I need to pick up to help me follow Jesus better and to help me handle what life throws at me. So let me just give you some examples of what thorns can be. Thorns can be a person. Maybe, like I said, maybe you're sitting next to them. Maybe you're married to them. It's true. Maybe you work for your thorn. Jesus. Maybe you work with your thorn. Maybe your thorn is, you gave birth to your thorn. Right? It, it could be a person. It could be a relationship. Like, it, it, it could be a relationship you have, whether you've wanted it or whether you don't want it, but you have it. And it's just a continual source of annoyance, weakness, or pain. Maybe it's a physical handicap. You didn't ask for it, but you got it. Maybe you did something stupid, and maybe you do have it. And it's, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, but you just got a physical handicap that is just a continual source of annoyance, pain, or weakness. Maybe it's a divorce you walk through that, that just eating away at you and you're just eating away with maybe I should have done better, maybe I should have, should have, should have. You know, maybe you, had, you made a bad financial decision that you are reaping the consequences of and it just eats you up and it's just like it just consistently reminds you and you think about I could be in such a better position right now if I had to just done, fill in the blank. Maybe it is a diagnosis. So maybe you struggling you know, mental health and anxiety and, and depression or you got a, you know, some sort of diagnosis that you just feel is just continually there annoying you. You didn't ask for it, but you got it. Um, maybe it's a decision that you made in the past that's, that's, that's just a regret. Maybe your thorns are, are like is a regret and it just like Oh, just continually pokes at you. It's like always there. Maybe it's a sinful habit or hang-up, something you just deal with in private. And you say things like, God, I love you. Why do I struggle with this? Why do I keep going back to this when I know it's like toxic? It's poison. 
why do I keep doing this, right? Um, do you see how diverse thorns can be? Yeah. I mean, they can be as diverse as the people in this room. Like, I bet if we just took a mic and, like, what's your thorn? I'd probably be, you know, there's maybe a couple hundred people in there. It's probably be a couple hundred different thorns. And, but I really need you to connect with a thorn today. Because as we're walking through how to handle a thorn, how to handle it is going to be directly re- related to probably a thorn you currently have. So I need you as best as possible to connect, like, what is your thorn? Something that's this continual source of annoyance, weakness, or pain. And, and think about that as I tell you mine. So I'll go first. And this is one that I've been open with our church about, and that is stuttering. So I've stuttered my whole life. I was born with it. Um, and I just remember so many times growing up of just trying to hide it, right, and then being angry that I had it, you know, and going, you know, who stuttered in my family so I can go and beat them up, you know, because DNA is powerful, right, you know, and, and uh, you know, just, just, just trying to figure out stuttering and why I stutter and um, you know, it, it has just throughout my life, I'm almost 40, I'm 39, I'll be 40 next year, and just, just, it has been this, like, continual source of just, like, man, if I didn't stutter, I could be a better preacher. If I didn't stutter, I could be, I could have more boldness. If I didn't stutter, I, I would be doing this and that, and, and, and I can look back on times. Like, I even remember one time when we were starting LifeHouse, like, we had this, this opportunity to go to this, like, social media mixer for the city, and they invited people, and it was all these, like, entrepreneurs starting things, and I remember... Um, they, they, it was, there was probably 300 people there. And they said, hey, if anyone wants to get up there and share about what you have going on, come on up. And I literally remember being so scared that I passed up the opportunity because I was scared that I would stutter. I'm like, how can I freaking lead a church when I got the opportunity to go up there in front of 300 people and I cower to not even go up there and share? And then it, then it just started to spiral. John, who were you? Like, are you serious? You're going to try to open up a church? Like, for real? But this is what has been my thought. It's just like I've had moments like this. Like, I've, I've had moments where I've gotten up, and it has just been a complete and utter train wreck. And I'm like, people are thinking I'm like, <laughs> dumb, amazing, you know, like, like, like see, but, but it's like what I think is, is like it's easy to see me now and you're like, well, John, you're pretty confident. You know, you speak pretty clearly. You know, you, you know, you, you know, you, yeah, you sometimes do it, but at the, but at the same time, you know, but like what I say, stuttering is like a duck, okay? Where on the outside, it's it's you know, w- you know, with a duck, you got the duck, and the duck's just kind of floating on the water. You know, just just doing his duck thing, looking for bread, right? I don't know, <laughs> looking for people to throw at bread. But underneath the water, it's duck feet. There's, there, there's a lot going on. Like, I'm, I'm speaking right now, but I'm telling you, I am very cognizant and aware of my breathing. I'm very cognizant and aware of the tension points, possibly, that could come from certain words. So I have to be like, if I'm saying forgiveness in my lips, if I'm saying grace, it's in my throat, because I'll hit these blocks and I'll have to, like, practice, like, okay. There's the tension point. Get it out, right? There's some words I struggle to say, so I've got this Rolodex. Anybody remember Rolodexes? Am I the, old, the only old one that remembers Rolodexes? That's how old we are, fam. Rolodexes, and it's like I've got this Rolodex in my brain of words because I know it's like if I can't say fire, it's hot. 
Because I'm like, I, I know with words that start with F, I can struggle to say. And so, like, I'll have this Rolodex of words because I know when I'm coming up on a word, like, I've got all these different things going on in my brain as I'm trying to communicate a point. And it was actually, it was actually wild because it's easy to kind of see this and be like, well, John, you're, you're doing pretty good. Kind of in the stuttering realm, you're, you're not that bad. Well, what I would say is you, you see 40 years of work. But it was wild as we were preparing for last Sunday, right, where we celebrated five years and we put together the documentary, which I would just encourage you, if you didn't have the chance to watch that and see that, I would encourage you to go on our YouTube page and check that out to see, like, the God story of Lifehouse. We had to go back and look at old stuff, right? So I had to dive, like, 20 years because we wanted to tell the story not just of Lifehouse but how the story of Lifehouse birthed. And so I had to go back and watch some old video. So I had the opportunity to see a video I did when I was 19, And I want to show it to you real quick. Check this out. Through Master's Commission, God has, has, has shaped me and molded me into the, the, the leader that he wants me to become. Also, also my, my dream, which is touching young, young people's lives, is becoming, is becoming, real, is becoming realized. Also, also through the, 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 the revelation of God's word and through, and through prayer, I have grown in, in the most important thing, which is my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not going to lie. That's hard to watch. Because that was normal. And I'm not asking for claps. Because when I see that, I literally get a tightness in my chest. Because I see that, and I'm like, what a scared little boy. What a scared little boy. And um, so that's, that's my thorn that is, is just there, poking me. It's always there. So I, by God's grace, I have handled it in a decent way. I'm not there yet. I'm not done yet. But I just want to talk to you today about how to handle your thorn. Because your, your thorn is very diverse. Your thorn is not stubborn. Your thorn could be, like I said, there's a list of things that could be a thorn that just continually pokes you and bothers you and it's a source of continual weakness, annoyance. But this, this, um, this term, thorn in the flesh, comes from the Bible. So, you know, even some people use it in jest, right? Got thorn in the flesh. And what they're actually doing is they're talking about the Bible because there was actually this portion of Scripture in 2 Corinthians 12 where Paul, the apostle, was writing to a church in the city of Corinth, a church he planted. This was his second letter. And he was writing to them about certain issues that he had heard that were going on. So back then, he couldn't FaceTime them. Back then, he couldn't Zoom in, right? Uh, back then, he had to write actual letters. And so he wrote them letters addressing them, certain things that he heard that, that were going on. And what, you know, and, and in this particular portion of scripture, he was trying to be a good leader because good leaders are vulnerable, right? Like the leaders, many times you connect with, not with leaders' strengths, you connect with their weaknesses, right? One, one guy says, people will always rather follow someone who is real than someone who is always right, right? Because if you just want someone that always puts out the front, always shows perfection, always, always, that's not a lot of people, so not a lot of people connect with that. 
What they connect with is people who are real and honest and vulnerable and are not afraid to show their weak side. So that's what in this scripture Paul is doing. And, but before he talks about his thorn, which you can see right, right here, he says, he's telling this church he planted about, he says, I was given a thorn in my flesh. But right before that portion of scripture, he says that he was actually telling them about all the great revelations that God had given him. So he started talking to them and say, man, like I had these revelations, like, like God spoke to me in such a powerful way. He even says like he went to the third heaven and saw things he can't even speak, he couldn't even describe. He had these powerful encounters with God that, that he was like, I can't even describe to you how great they were. But even as I was having these revelations, he says there was a thorn in the flesh that I was given. And what I love about this is Paul does not say what the thorn is. He doesn't say, I was given the thorn of bad eyesight. He doesn't say, I was given the thorn of lust. He didn't say, I was given the thorn of whatever. He actually says, I was just given a thorn, and I believe in God's sovereignty and the Spirit's leading. That was intentional. Because if he would have named the thorn, we would have just tight, because we would have just tight casted it. But thorns don't know any bounds. Thorns can be unique to the person. And if, if Paul would have named it, he would have, it would have lost its power, but he doesn't name it because he wants to let us know. It's like, if, like we're going to have things. And what he actually says about the thorn is it was tormenting him. So he, he didn't say it was bothering me like, like a rock in your shoe. He didn't say it was bothering me like, like a little splinter. He said, I was tormented by this thorn. Tormented. And you see Paul's reaction here whenever he is talking about the thorn, right? So he says, I was given this thorn, and then his reaction to it was three different times I begged. Everyone say begged. I begged the Lord to do what? Take it away. Isn't that the way we want to react to when we have a thorn? I've prayed for stuttering I don't know how many times. I've prayed. I've spoken the word in faith. I've sowed seeds. Anyone else here sow a seed? You're watching these televangelists on TV, and you're like, I don't even know if this is right, but I'm going to see if it works. Sow a seed. Get a blessing. Have people pray for me, and then I'll go out and talk, and like, nothing changed. Take it away, Lord. Take it away. Take it away. And you've probably done that with your thorn. Take it away. Take him away. Take her away. Just take him away. And that, that's not bad, but that can be an ingrained response. But what I love is the fact that, that what you actually see beyond that is Paul didn't get his prayer answered. And I don't know about you, that makes me feel good. Paul wrote one-third of the New Testament. If anyone was going to have favor from God to give him what he wanted, it was Paul. And Paul didn't get what he wanted. Actually, it says this here if we continue on. He said, each time, so each time I asked, he, he being Jesus, and these next words in your Bible are in red. This is, a, this is not a gospel. This is a, this is a letter to a church, and Paul says, this is what Jesus himself told me. My grace is all you need. My power works best in what? Weakness. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. 
That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am what? When I have my thorn, then I am what? Strong. I can't imagine Paul was happy to hear this. I mean, I don't know about you. I'd be throwing back at God everything I did. I planted this church. You for real? You're not going to give me what I asked for? I've given my life to you. And we start playing this bargain game with God. I'll never forget battling through this when, man, like, we, you know, I was a youth pastor but broke as a joke. I see my family members getting blessed with big houses, nice cars, and I'm like, really, God? You're going to bless them? What about your boy? I'm a stuttering pastor. Come on. You know, and, and, and there's these things that bothered me, right? But what, what you see here, because Paul starts off with saying, take it away. And at the end of this portion of scripture, he says, but when I'm weak, I'm strong. How does he get there? Right? How does he get there? Because I can guarantee many of you start off, I, God, take it away. But have you gotten to the place of when I'm weak, I'm strong? And that's what I want to talk to you today about how to handle a thorn. Because really, I believe handling a thorn at the core of it is this term that counselors use and kind of, you know, and kind of counselors have, have kind of like become fam famous for is this word reframing. It's this word reframing. And what reframe means, even here, let's go ahead and check out this definition. Reframing is a technique used by counselors to shift a client's view of a particular problem event or person. It is based on the assumption that when clients are able to view a situation from another perspective, everyone say perspective, perspective, opportunities for finding alternative acceptable solutions to their problems increase. When I read that definition and saw what, Paul's, what Paul went from, from take it away to I'm, when I'm weak, then I'm strong, what I feel like is Paul has been through a good therapy session from Jesus and he has gotten to a point where he sees his thorn differently. Did Jesus take it away? No. Does Paul see it differently? That's my goal for us today. I'm not going to guarantee you the Lord's going to take your thorn away. Can he? Of course he can. I believe he can. Can he heal my stuttering? Ab absolutely. But until he chooses to, I'm going to go on the process of reframing it and seeing it differently. And that's what I want all of us to do here is to let's take all of our thorns, let's put them, let's put them in the middle like we're playing poker, right? Put them in the middle and let's say, Lord, how can we reframe it to see it from your perspective. So do y'all want to go on this journey with me? Okay, well, let's, let's, let's talk about first how we normally react to thorns because we have an ingrained reaction of things we do consciously or subconsciously or unconsciously that, that, that can kind of take away the power of the thorn we have. So first off, we talked about take it away. So, you know, just like Paul did, we pray for God to take them away. But here's what I want to encourage you with. Prayer needs discernment as well. Because if your prayers fall to only your preference, you could be missing the purpose of God. Can, can I say that one more time? If your prayers are only built on your preference instead of discerning what does the Spirit want me to pray for, then you could be praying away something God wants to use to grow you. That's good, y'all. Because many times, if we're left to ourselves, we will ask God to take away the very thing he wants to use to grow us. Okay? So that's why prayer is not just important that we pray. And if you have, you know, this was saying, Jesus says, ask. Yeah, definitely ask. You've got a need, ask. But at the same time, I believe it's even more important for you to, Lord, through the Spirit, help me discern what I need to pray for. 
that make sense? So that could be one reaction we have. A second reaction we have is we get into the blame game. So we have a thorn, and then we want to find someone to blame. So we can blame ourselves or we can blame God, right? So like we try to find someone to blame. So it's uh, just like me. I was going back in, into my family history. Who did this? Who stuttered? Who was it so I can curse them? And all I found was there was like a sister on my grandmother's side, on my mom's side, because they had like a bunch of kids, and it was like one of, the, one of her sisters stuttered that was like, you know, like, and they said the reason she stuttered was because she was abused. So I'm like, well, that's probably not it. So then I'm like, who did, God, what did I do to somebody? Is this karma? Right, you know, so, but, but isn't this true what we can do when we're dealt a thorn? What did I do? God, you gave this to me. This is your fault. This is someone else's fault. This is exactly what Adam and Eve did in the garden. They sinned and they said, well, you know, Adam's like, well, it was a woman. It's the woman. And the, the woman's like, Jesus or God, it was, it was Satan. It was his fault. No one wanted to take responsibility. And what I'm trying to say is, like, you are probably not responsible for your thorn, like, of why you have it, but you are responsible for how you respond to it. Can we just give that, can we just, like, clap for, for that? Because, because here's, the, here's the thing. If you don't take responsibility, then what you could possibly do is you, then your thorn will become your identity. And it'll be start to how you define yourself. Even Christians, like even I, like not, instead of seeing myself as a child of God who struggled with stuttering, I started to see myself as a stutterer. And that's how I built my identity. And it's taken years and years of uncovering that and realizing the most important thing about me is my identity in Christ, not my thorn. And some of you, you have allowed your thorn to literally become the way you are identified. To where when you think of yourself, the first thing you think about yourself is your thorn, not your identity in Christ. And that's why I want to encourage you. You are not responsible for the, you could not be responsible for the thorn you have inherited or been given. But one thing you are responsible for is your response to it. And until you start taking ownership of your response to it, then you could be blaming away the very path to healing. The very path to to. to you learning to manage the tension of habit and living with it. Something else Christians are very good at doing when we have thorns, we try to spiritualize them. Come on, somebody. We try to spiritualize it. So we say things like, hey, brother, this too shall pass. Can I just let you know, this too shall pass is not in the Bible. You're welcome. <laughs> like, it is not in the Bible. So can we please stop saying it? And plus, even saying this too shall pass, actually, I know no one's heart is that you want to do this, but what you're actually doing by saying this too shall pass is you're actually devaluing the very thing someone's walking through. Why? Be because really, instead of saying it'll get better, maybe you need to get down with them in their stuff and be like, this sucks, man, I hear you. How are, how are you doing? How are you feeling in this situation? I, I always had armchair speech therapist 
that would try to help me. Oh, John, I bet Moses is your favorite Bible character. <laughs> You're just like Moses, John. And if, you, if, if you don't know it, Moses stuttered. You know, which is somewhat encouraging, but it would have been nicer to have somebody be like, hey, John, how are you doing? Like, I never had anyone ask me that. And this was a revelation I had, like, when I was at the retreats that I talked about in the documentary. So I'm talking to this therapist, right? We're, we're, we're in this session, and he starts talking about, because I always battled shame. It was like I hated myself, you know? And, and, it, it, was a, and it was like what he said. He said, where there is no empathy, shame will grow. Empathy is like it's okay to not be okay. Empathy is what, you know, and, and what he was talking about in relationships, when you have a person that you can just be who you, not front, not being like just, I'm going to be who I am and it is okay and you're not going to try to fix me, you're not, you're, you're not going to try to Bible verse me, you're not going to try to cheerlead me, you're not going to try to sympathize with me, you're just going to say, it's okay, whatever you want, you can tell me and you can breathe here. I never had that. I always had people cheerleading me. It's going to be okay, John. Hey, John, you should just slow down and breathe, buddy. Greater is he who is in you than he who is... Right? It's just like, do you see how these things can spiritualize our thorn? But here, here's the thing. Putting Bible... And here's the thing. Yeah. You know, like, uh, greater is he who is in he than he who is in the world. You're more than a conqueror of Christ. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It preaches well. But also be careful of putting Bible verses on top of unhealthy, unprocessed feelings. And this is why a lot of Christians are bitter. Because they have been told, just declare these truths and say them like they're some sort of, of kind of like occultic mantra. Just chant these things and then you'll get what you want from God. Instead of getting down into how you actually feel and inviting the Lord in to your feelings. A great example of this is Jesus when he healed Lazarus. Hey, oh, he, you know, he raised the dead. But what did Jesus do before he raised the dead? He wept. Before the healing was what? Feeling. Feeling came before healing. And what I would say is some of you are trying to heal, but you've never felt. Because you've tried to just go around instead of through. Right? Is this good? Is this helping you? And, and, and it's, it's like, especially if you've been churched. And I know, well, like, you need to have faith. Yeah, you can have faith to go through, not just to get around. Those that I see that have the most faith to me are those that can receive a no from God and still follow him. So, but not only do we spiritualize, right? We can also devalue or deny. When you compare your thorn, you, you lose the power of it. Because like when you compare your thorn, you could be devaluing something that really matters to you. Like I know stuttering isn't the worst thing, but it's my thing. You're stuttering, my, you're, no, you're stuttering. I don't know anyone else in the church that stutters. But if, 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 if you do, let's come and stutter together. It'd be awesome. 
Uh, but, um, you know, but, but it's, it's like if it's, if it's a thorn to you and, and it's, it's, it's yours, own it. But don't compare it. Because if you compare it, then you could lose. Like, it, it matter, if it matters to you, it matters to God. All right, are y'all ready to dive in to kind of say, how do we get from here to there? We had to address some of those ingrained things so we could get to the point of saying, now how do we get from here to there? All right, so the first thing is this. Can we, can we, can we go to the first slide? Yep, so, so how do we go from God, take this away to God, um, when I'm weak, you are strong. All right, first off, your thorn is the place where your strength, wisdom, brilliance, and whatever ends in God's grace begins. Very rarely do we meet the power and strength and grace of God in our mountaintops. We meet them in the valley. I can't imagine how hard it was for Paul to admit a need. Like, do you, like y'all know Paul's history? This dude, humble bragged about himself. When he was writing a different letter to a church in Philippi, he wrote in Scripture, if there was anybody that was perfect, according to the law of Moses, he said, it, it, it was me. Bang. Okay, Paul. When Paul got saved and he was a traveling missionary, do you know what he told them? He said, I don't need your money. He said, I'm going to actually do this for nothing. And then I'm going to brag about it because I'm doing it for nothing. He said, I can do my own thing. He said, I'm, he, he said, I build tents. I'm a construction guy. I don't need your money. I make my own money. He's like, I got the Bible in one hand and a construction belt in the other. I'm self-sufficient. And you got this self-sufficient guy, the self-sufficient man, tormented by a thorn. Pleads for God to take it away and he tells him no. I guarantee it's at that moment he saw a side, power, strength, and grace of God that he never saw or felt in his strength. He only saw it and felt it when he was in his weakness with his thorn. And for some of you, you pride yourself on being so strong, but what you're actually missing when, you, when you're trying to project your strength is the grace and strength of God. Because the moment where you end is where his grace begins. So the faster you give up, the faster you get plugged into the power of God things so hard, we always try to have it together. When the goal isn't to have it together, the goal is, is to have the power and strength of God. It's available to you. Even I love when Jesus said, talking about the kingdom of God, he said, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. What was he saying? He was saying, blessed are those who are weak enough to invite me in, who, who actually have room for me. Are y'all hearing this? Are y'all seeing this? And some of y'all just try to be so strong and have, have it all together instead of realizing the moment you break is the moment you finally get some help. So the faster you give up and trying to have it all together is the quickest way to have a grace, power, and strength that God gives. Is this good? Is this helpful? Because here's, it, here, because here's the thing. He said each time, he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And it's kind of in this moment here where you have to make a decision. Are you going to run from God or run to him with, with, with your thorn? 
Because I don't, I, don't, I don't know about you, but there are plenty of moments where I wanted to run from God instead of to God. And when you have your thorn, these moments are going to happen. So here is the thought. Your thorn is the pathway towards greater intimacy with God. Where your thorn, many times you don't experience the power and grace of God and the strength of God and revelations from God when you are acting out of power. It's when you are at your lowest. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a a deaf world. I talked a couple weeks ago about the difference between a cue and a trigger. A trigger is something where something happens, maybe your thorn is piercing you, and it just triggers a chain of destructive thoughts and patterns. When you see that person, your mind, I hate my life. Where's a bottle? Like, I want to drink, right? Like, it could be like when you hit your thorn, it's like it's, it's this trigger towards unhealthy behavior, unhealthy patterns. But what we talked about a couple weeks back is when you have a trigger, it can also be a cue. And a cue is essentially like a siren in, in your soul that can alert you to instead of being triggered down towards negative pathways, negative patterns, it can be a cue to develop new patterns that bring life instead of death. That's why I love whenever Paul, Paul when he was talking about it, to the church in Philippi, he said, do not be anxious about anything, but instead of being anxious, pray about everything. So he was saying, when anxiety pops up, he's he's not saying be delivered from anxiety, but what he's saying is when you have anxiety, instead of let it being a trigger towards this is gonna happen, destructive behavior, I need to try to control more, let it be a cue for you to be like, the Lord's here, he's present, he's available, he wants to help. Are y'all seeing this? It can be a cue instead of a trigger, so instead of just anxiety ruling and then you want to control more, it can actually be a cue for you to start incorporating, and here's the key point, inviting the Lord into your thorn instead of trying to keep him out. Because, y'all, this is what we do. We have our thorn, and instead of inviting the Lord in it, we actually try to keep him out of it. And what you do when you try to keep him out, and many times we keep him out of it because we can be ashamed of it. You know what I'm saying? Or we're playing the blame game. But here's the thing. When you invite the Lord into the thorn, that's when you invite his strength. That's when you invite his power. That's when you invite all of who God is. And this is why I love the book of Psalms. How, if, if you've never read the, the, the book of Psalms, I would just encourage you to do this because one of the things the Psalms allows us to do is, is to have permission to feel. And this was a big thing for me when I was learning to handle my stuttering. Is, is like I, I can have moments of anger and God doesn't hate me. I can have moments of I hate this, I want to take, like I can have moments but, but by God's grace, as I've learned to invite him into the thorn, what has happened is when something would normally take me four weeks to get over and work through and process to, now it might only take me four days. That's called growth, y'all. So, so let me tell you, whenever I weaseled out of that opportunity to speak in front of 300 people and tell them about LifeHouse, I was triggered into a spiral of insecurity, 
Who am I? I'm a terror. How could God use me? It was just this spiral for weeks, and it killed my confidence. It killed my boldness. And then you try to numb that with other dumb stuff, right? But now, something like that, and, and I've had moments like that where it might be personal, it might be one-on-one, it might be on a phone call where I'm having a hard day talking, I'm having a hard day speaking, something that would normally take me four weeks takes me four hours to walk through. I call that growth. Come on. And that is the journey you're on with your thorn. Something that might send you down a path for a month, maybe it, it, maybe it Gets a little better, a little better, a little better. But you're starting to reframe and relearn instead of being triggered, being cued. Does this make sense? And, and so when you invite the Lord into it, you don't deny what you're feeling. You don't spiritualize it. You don't devalue it. You invite him in it, and the Lord is strong enough to handle whatever emotions you throw at him. And that's what I love about Psalms. You'll have a Psalm where David is like, God, I hate this person. I want him dead. But then, like, my favorite psalm is Psalm 73. It's actually written by, I think it's Asaph. Asaph goes into it. He's like, God, look at these people. They don't even serve you. They're rich. They're powerful. I serve you, and I'm suffering. And then he says, then I went into the sanctuary of God, and my perspective was shifted. And then at the end of the psalm, it's like, but you are the strength of my life, Lord. You are my king, right? It's like, he's like this maniac. Angry at the beginning, gets perspective in the middle, and then ends it with praise. Right? This is many times the worst. It's not devalue, deny, spiritualize, all is well, God. When he knows it's not, invite him into it and let him help you develop cues instead of triggers. Does this make sense? All right, next, though, you need to let your thorn teach you. Your thorn will teach you a lot if you let it, right? Like, you know, like I've been able to sit with stuttering for 40 years. It's taught me a lot. Like, it's taught me to have compassion with others that might be struggling. It's helped, it's helped me to see that, like, maybe there's someone going through something that I don't know. So to treat them better. But what can your thorn teach you? And here's the thing. It's important to do this because when you let your thorn teach you, you actually see that God will waste nothing. Can you just say that with me right now? Say this. God doesn't waste a thing. He will use it. Now, this doesn't mean we say we call it good. Like Romans 8, 28, when it says God, it says, and all things work to the good of those who love God and have been called according to his, pur- called according to his purpose. Do you know what that verse doesn't say? Call all things good. That's dumb. There's so many things that have happened in your life, my life, that is not good, that God is up in heaven angry about, that God is upset about, that God is like, that is not my created intended purpose. But just because something is bad doesn't mean God can't take it and make it work for your good if you let him. And that's what the promise is. It says God will take all things and make it work for your good and for his glory if you will give it to him and learn from that thing. So that's why it's so important to sit with your thorn because there are lessons that the thorn wants to teach you. Because, and then what Paul said in, in that same verse is like the whole point of God taking all things and making it work for his good and for, your, and for his glory and for your good is the fact that it, it, it all has the potential to help make you become more like Jesus. And I just want to in, rem, remind you, family, that's the goal of your life. The goal of your life isn't to live the American dream. 
The goal of your life is to be shaped and formed into the image of Jesus. And there is nothing in your life that you've done that has happened to you that God will not use if you let him. But don't dare call it good if it's not good. But no, even though it's not good, God can make it work for your good. But that happens as you let your thorn teach you. Lastly, and Jarvis, you can come up. After a while, it's actually possible to be thankful for your thorn. And, and that's what you see Paul's language doing, is it's like, take it away. And then throughout his reframing, he says, you know what, I'm thankful. I'm, I've gotten to the point where even I'm, I'm not thankful, I've got it. I'm not thankful it happened, but I'm thankful that I see Jesus differently, and I'm thankful that I see myself differently, and I'm thankful for the growth that I've experienced as I walk through this. There's, there's a difference. You don't have to be thankful that something happened or something is happening or something you have this thorn. I'm not thankful that I have stuttering. I'm thankful for what I've learned from it. And that's what I, I believe like I'm just beginning to get there in 40 years. So your journey could just be beginning today. It could be the rest of your life. You could maybe be where I'm at. It's like you've been, you know, and it's, the, what I'm saying is, is don't condemn yourself for what part of the journey you're on. Because for some, it's going to be fast. For some, it's going to, like, my journey's been long. But you see what Paul says. He says, so now I'm glad to talk and boast about, like, these weaknesses. Because, man, y'all, when I'm weak, God is strong. It gives him an opportunity. So that's why I take pleasure. Like, weaknesses, insults, hardships, like, troubles. He said, because I know this. When I'm at my weakest, God is at his strongest. And some of you right now are at your weakest moments. You're at your weakest parts. Like these thorns are like all over your body. And what I'm saying is that sucks. And I'm not devaluing it. I'm not spiritualizing it. But what I'm saying is, is there is so much opportunity in that place to invite the Lord in, to come to the end of yourself and get to the beginning of him and be in a spot and be in a place where he's teaching you, he's showing you, he's developing you to be more like Jesus there. There's some things, some thorns you're going to have that you will never understand on this side of heaven. I wish I could give you a better answer, but that's what God's told me. <laughs> so my heart for our church, my heart for you is that as we're all going to have thorns, whether you have one, whether you don't, whether you will, whatever, is that we know how to handle them. Because men, much of life is knowing how to handle thorns. Continual sources of pain and weakness. And my prayer is to put some tools in your hands today that we don't become triggered people, we become cued people. We don't become bitter people, we become better people. We don't become angry students, we become willing students. Say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? I'm willing, I'm open. Would you right now stand with me? We're gonna pray. Lord, let me thank you for today. Thank you for what you've shown us. Thank you for what you've brought to the surface. I pray for those that have thorns. Just pray, God, that you would show yourself faithful to them. Pray that you would show yourself faithful to them. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. And if today's message helped or inspired you, feel free to share it with someone. If after today's message you have questions, need help, or just want somebody to talk to or process with, just shoot Lifehouse a text to 757-690-2401. For more information about Lifehouse, you can visit us at lifehouseonline.church. That's lifehouseonline.church.